Hello and welcome to Business Talk with Chris Hazel. Today I'm joined by Tom Bromley from Supercharge Media. Supercharge Media are a digital advertising agency specializing in Google and Facebook ads and they work with e-commerce and service-based businesses. Well, welcome Tom. Hello, thanks for having me Chris. How are you doing mate? Very well, thank you. Thanks for coming on. Um, yeah, first of all, if you could just tell us a little bit about your background and how Supercharge Media came to be. Yeah, sure. So um, fairly conventional background, A-levels, university, uh, a bit of traveling in between, uh, did a degree at UWE in Bristol, a practical business entrepreneurship uh, course where you had to run and uh grow businesses and that's what you were marked on for your assessment so um got a, a small amount of business experience quite young in my early 20s doing varied stuff from uh buying and selling cars to running nightclub events to um buying clothes wholesale and selling them on stuff like that um when i finished university i had um a broad kind of a uh, range of work experience. My first job was at Tesla in car sales, uh, then went to London, a PR agency, where I started learning about um, not only you know how to get editorial coverage for clients through sending press releases, but um, more about social media and social media advertising. Um, and then my final job before I set up Supercharger Media was for uh, an electric van manufacturer, doing a general kind of in-house marketing role. And then um, whilst I was in my last two um, stints of employment at the agency in the uh, van company, I was getting freelance clients on the side, selling them basic um, social media management, i.e. you have a, a company uh, selling cars in Birmingham or posting your social media for you know a small amount of money each month. And I was just stacking um, clients on the side of full-time employment. And then I think it was about two weeks before lockdown, uh, so three years ago, roughly, uh, I left my last job and set up Supercharge Media, which in its original form was just uh, essentially social media management for companies when organic reach was quite high on Instagram and Facebook. So three years ago, if you posted good content for, you know, car dealerships on Facebook and Instagram, you could grow a following relatively easily, providing, you know, nice content, good narrative, etc. cetera. Uh, and the, the businesses were getting quarries off that, of course, uh, over the last few years as organic reach has declined, as social media platforms want you to run ads, uh, so that's how they generate their revenue. Um, the need to be able to distribute content effectively has become more important. And my business uh, has solely transitioned into uh, running ads for people on social media and Google. Uh, we do also manage ads on you know other platforms such as LinkedIn, TikTok, and Bing, uh, and you know, YouTube placements through Google. But the majority of our the budgets we manage are on Facebook and Instagram and Google for predominantly e-commerce businesses. So you started as a social media manager and then you moved just because of the way that that, that algorithm started working, et cetera. You had to diversify and move into to Google Ads. So how did you learn the sort of the new skills? One, the social media. Yeah. How did you learn what, what worked, what didn't with that? And then how did you learn... The, the the Google Ads, Facebook ad side of it. Yeah, so um, just tried a bit of everything from taking people out for lunch that have been doing it for longer than me and trying to download their information. Uh, did a lot of that when we first started the business, uh, reading books, paying for online courses, you know, webinars, um, 
watched, you know, probably every YouTube video on all the major YouTube channels of, you know, self-proclaimed digital marketing experts, uh, one-to-one consultancy calls with big marketing agency owners who still do that now. You know, they're quite expensive, but get a good ROI on that, I feel. Um, so, yeah, anywhere I can just get good quality information, you know, be it for free or paid, just kind of been seeking that out consistently. Uh, Alice, who I run the business with, her specialism is Google ads. That's where she invests most of her time. My specialism is more the social media ads and the client uh, day-to-day communication. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's all we've been doing for three years. So it's been a gradual process, but um invested a lot of time and a fair bit of you know money trying to get the right uh knowledge and resource on the subject matter so i feel like um yeah we're now fortunate in a position where we've got uh some very large corporate clients with very large uh budgets um that are enable us to have a good sustainable business so do you so that, that's all, it's obviously ongoing that you continually learning this stuff and you can keep you keep um i guess a bit, a bit of trial and error in terms of what you're doing for clients but also um you know, just learning from other people etc um so when you start when you started the business you, you had somewhat of a client base did you know that you're sort of going to hit the rank ground running or did was there still a bit of a panic of oh, i need to pick up some some clients here where are they going to come from uh, yeah tell me about about that sort of start of the business um oh yeah i already had an income and i think fortunately although i didn't see it as a good thing at the time my last full-time job because uh, it was a, a startup was a, on a very low salary so i didn't have to get many clients when i started the business to surpass what my previous employer was paying me um which you know was a blessing and uh you know i've always been very frugal so when i started the business i had savings so there was no immediate urgency to try and start figuring stuff out because I've always lived, um, you know, very frugally. Um, and it was essentially just a domino effect of um, every year we've ran the business, it's just got a bit easier. Just we've got, you know, more clients, but also better clients. Um, and, you know, it's often a lot easier to get results for someone who maybe has, you know, 40 staff. Uh, a business that maybe does, you know, five or 10 million a year and um, that has an in-house marketing manager, an in-house web guy, uh, an in-house content team where um, those sorts of businesses are often a lot easier to get results for online than a smaller startup, which have smaller budgets, uh, you know, not the means to create content. um, But obviously we still... um, you know, want to work with the, the startups as well as the corporates because they all have pros and cons associated with them. But um, yeah, starting the, the the business really, I guess to answer your question is um, never any worry really because uh, I was um, already had an okay income from my kind of very small clients when I started it and reserves in the bank to uh, give, give me thinking time really. Yeah, and presumably you knew you had. I've got the skills to go out and find clients because that's what I do. What I do with yeah. my job. Um, so if you can find them for yourself, then you're sort of struggling. If that makes sense. Uh, yeah. Uh, so the yeah. first the first year was the hardest, I guess, because we went into lockdown. But um, 
And, you know, uh, Alice and I uh, tried some stuff that didn't work. We tried drop shipping, uh, you know, hand massage guns from China, and we were selling them on a Shopify store for six months, as well as running supercharged media and investing our own money in ads. You know, even though we didn't have much money, we're still, you know, spending a couple of grand a month of our own money on Facebook ads just to try and start moving this product. You know, learned a lot from that. Didn't work. Made, you know, turnover, but that business wasn't profitable. But you know, uh, if I can learn a lot and lose a small amount of money, I would I would always do that. Uh, obviously, that's not ideal, but it's better to do something and lose money and learn than not do anything at all. Um, and yeah, I guess when we started it, because the lockdown in some respects was a bit daunting, but because I come from a sales background, I think for the first year, I just made so many cold calls. Um, that was really kind of how... We grew the client base and, you know, the old school methods of outreach work. That's why they exist. Uh, and obviously, you know, we ran our own Google ads to our website and, you know, cold email, DMing people, uh, all sorts of things. But in the early days, I think the cold calling was particularly effective, but just booking meetings, you know, this is how I've analyzed your social media. I've noticed you haven't run ads. These are the benefits. Can I come to your office and have a coffee for half an hour and, you know, tell you a bit more? That was kind of how how we grew our initial client base and was that focusing on because you were focusing at the time on the car industry you think weren't you was that was that made easier by the fact you're just focusing on on the car industry i'm going to go yeah. on to this type of client so i can just find them call them email them whatever it needs to be done yeah yeah uh my first client um which i've worked with for about five years now um on a kind of ongoing monthly basis was my housemate at uni. Um, we we graduated six, seven years ago. And at uni, he was always buying and selling classic BMWs. Uh, after he graduated uni, he set up a classic BMW restoration business where they service, restore and sell BMWs from the 70s through to the 90s. That's a really successful business now. He's got seven people working for him. Nice, you know, workshop, um, you know, customers all throughout the UK and some from Europe. Um, but I kind of started his social media five or so years ago when organic reach was really good and quickly grew it to, um, you know, tens of thousands of followers across Facebook and Instagram. That really helped him employ people because he always had a, a consistent supply of leads um, through just showcasing what he was doing in his business, you know, buying BMWs that have been left in barns for 10 years and dragging them out and cleaning them. People love all that sort of classic car content online. Uh, and because how I grew his social media, he was a great case study that I could take to other, you know, car businesses, be it, you know, car sales or classic car restoration or car storage, car detailing or, you know, car tuning. And I just used him as a case study. I've focused on the automotive sector fairly hard in the first year to just get more automotive clients so um yeah it was kind of my friend steve and his business classic barnstormers that helped to uh kind of kick start our business although it's kind of evolved now um and we're heavily focused in e-commerce and we have less of the automotive clients um yeah, I'm very thankful for Steve and him, uh, yeah, enabling me to do social media. When he started off as a very small business with very little money, because if it wasn't for him, I probably wouldn't have supercharged media uh, today and it, in its current form. Cool. Yeah. And um, so then if, if someone comes to work with a supercharge, what's it look like? What's your, what's your process? Um, what can they expect? Yeah, so... Um, an ideal client for us is kind of an, an established business um, 
where if they're looking to run ads, they've got realistic budgets. So, um, and what I, I mean by like realistic budgets is the more you spend on Facebook and Google, the more data you can acquire and the more data you can acquire, the, the quicker you can establish whether something is or isn't working. So let's say on Facebook, um, you might want to run six different target audiences uh, and within those six different target audiences, you might want to test a photo ad and a video ad. Uh, if your total monthly budget for ads is uh, say 600 pounds, that's 600 pounds a month split across those, you know, six target audiences uh, and two pieces of content is not going to give you an answer very quickly um, in comparison to if you're spending, say, £3,000 a month on ads. So we're kind of looking for established businesses for with, um, you know, realistic budgets for the products or services they sell, um, which ultimately we know we can get results for. Uh, and that's often not necessarily a straightforward thing to gauge, but, um, yeah, it's just a, it's a combination of us. A, being confident we can get results. B, establishing that we're going to have like a good working relationship together. That's really important. Uh, having a degree of interest in what they do. However, you know, I think all businesses are interesting, uh, you know, by and large. Um, and yeah, and that's it really. Um, and I guess clients where it's kind of mutually beneficial for both parties. So sometimes with... Um, Good e-commerce clients, if we really want to win their business, we will kind of uh, reduce our fixed monthly fees to reduce the um, client's risk because obviously the more business pays a marketing agency, the more risk there is there because they need to get a return and we'll look to kind of um, have a a performance pay structure in place whereby we're compensated for results, i.e., you know, you give me, if it's an e-commerce business, five thousand pounds a month in ads and we generate you know a two return on ad spend we get x but if we get a three return on ad spend we get x plus you know a certain percentage or four return on ad four return on ad spend you know x plus a, a bigger percentage if that makes sense so um that's kind of how uh, our, our working process looks like but our, our, i guess our working process is quite varied because our client list is quite varied so uh we do have some kind of fairly big corporate clients um like finance brokers, people that do, you know, uh, commercial finance for businesses that want loans. Uh, and in that scenario, we are doing, you know, lead generation through Google to landing pages we design or Facebook to specific Facebook landing pages we design. And in that scenario, we're kind of, you know, chatting to the in-house marketing managers weekly, understanding about, you know, the we can obviously we can obviously see the volume of leads, but we're understanding what is the quality of leads like their end. How can we improve, uh, you know, lead quality through specific retargeting campaigns that just shows content to people that have become a lead but not converted into a customer? How can we assist with like email automated flows? So once someone's become a lead, what like email marketing communications are they getting on the back end? So uh, yeah, our, our working process with, with clients varies massively based on the work we're delivering to them uh and i guess the, the goals that we've mutually got agreed cool so you can so you can you know it could be really hands-on in terms of you all like you know design the whole landing page or script yep. a, a video ad or whatever it might be but it yep. could equally be that you're a bit more hands-off if they've got 
an in-house in-house marketing team but yeah if if for, for a startup firm or um although that's not your ideal plan at the moment it, if they were right they could still you'd still be able to help them if they're completely sort of new to this to this space as, as well as someone who's who's maybe done it a bit before but not got the results they wanted yeah yeah definitely um and yeah like we said um there's some there's some startups um we weren't a mixture of all clients really that we know we can deliver results for we just started working with a really interesting swimwear brand um which is luxury swimwear on shopify uh the type of trunks people will buy if they're going to like ib for dubai um small business obviously very seasonal as you could imagine as people start you know thinking about buying trunks like i guess in april now the clocks have gone forward you know getting a bit warmer route about September and um, the guy that owns that has uh, a few different clothing brands one of which we've been working with successfully for uh, around about half a year now uh, and that's kind of one of our strategies we like to acquire clients that have multiple businesses so obviously we can sell services to within all of their businesses um, and uh, yeah his startup swimwear brand uh, that's really exciting because between alice and i we know we're bidding on the right google search terms i.e you know luxury swimwear or targeting facebook ads for people that may be going to our before dubai we can take a business from you know something that for him has been essentially a lifestyle business maybe only ever doing like low five figures a month uh to something that will you know realistically do um i'm confident this summer we'll be able to add tens of thousands of pounds worth of monthly revenue to his business uh, you know, in a very short space of time, uh, which will make him very happy and will be well well compensated for doing that. But I, we knew that was the right business to take on because uh, we're confident in the product. Um, and he had a very good website. He's a website designer himself, so he can get tracking bang on accurate. Um, quickly, if we suggest some website tweaks, he can do it himself instantly. We don't have to wait for an external agency to do it at great cost to him. And uh, in that scenario, when we know the product is, you know, great, the website looks, um, you know, really polished and we can tweak it quickly through the, our client. And um, it's not a massively competitive market. We know we can really add like a, a lot of value in a short space of time there. So it's in that sort of scenario with a startup where we'd love to work with them because, yeah, I guess it all comes down to being ultimately confident we can add a lot of value in a short space of time. How, um, this is probably a bit of a good, difficult question, probably a, a bit of a sort of, oh, it depends type question. Um, how quickly do you think you start making it sort of profitable running ads rather than, you know, the experimentation period? Yeah, I mean, it, it varies with all clients, but on that swimwear client, I think in our first 12 days, we'd spent uh, just on Facebook alone, £1,200 to generate uh, £3,600 in revenue. So that's a three return on ad spend. Uh, within 12 days so that is um, you know a profitable campaign that's made what's that 2,400 pounds of gross revenue minus product costs uh, and you know a high margin item um, so that that was essentially pro profitable within the first week but then the key thing is obviously it's profitable but he doesn't want to be spending 800 pounds a week on ads he wants to be spending five thousand eight thousand pounds a week on ads because it's infinitely scalable and he's got lots of stock that he wants to sell now. So uh, the uh, the biggest challenge with some of our clients is, is um, you know, it's very easy to get ads profitable if we're only spending a thousand or two thousand pounds a month on an e-commerce store on Shopify. But once clients start seeing a two or three return, uh, 
on their ad spend of a couple of grand a month on Shopify, they want to very quickly and exponentially rank rank up their budgets. Uh, so that's the key challenge, increasing budget whilst maintaining profitability. Right. Well, because it's just, it's it's harder to catch as many successful sales when you're putting more money in. And what, what, yeah. What, what makes it so hard? Uh, so with... Um, e-commerce and scaling budgets, I guess, is the best way to think about it is, say if I'm selling, um, well, let's stay with the designer swimwear short example, there's going to be um, a finite amount of customers that are happy to spend, say, £100 on a pair of swimming shorts. But what that pool of customers is, ultimately, I don't know. The business owner doesn't know. Facebook will know. Um, And when you're spending, say, uh, £100 a day on Facebook ads, targeting uh let's just say theoretically a man aged between 20 to 50 who's going to uh marrakesh um when you're spending a, a say a relatively small amount like 100 pounds a day first um and that's a target audience of 2 million people facebook within that audience size is going to focus on um a small number of core users within that 2 million audience size that knows it's most likely to convert but if I all of a sudden 10x my daily budget to a thousand pounds, I'm getting a lot more reach and impressions per day because I'm spending more budget because uh, you pay for impressions on Facebook. Um, you'll build cost per thousand impressions. So as I 10x my budget, Facebook will be moving away from this core group of users. It knows it can easily convert to a, a much wider group of theoretically less hot prospects, if that makes sense. Um, so we're both- so the starts- with it starts pretty good and then as you get as you get um longer it's like oh well they they might they might they might and it's sort of sort of starting throwing starting to throw a bit more mud if that is Is the correct way of putting it yeah it will focus on high intent hot prospects and move uh to warmer prospects um and also higher budgets you'll get ad fatigue much quicker so there's only so much you can put behind a piece of content with the same creative and messaging until it no longer becomes effective because uh you know a large percentage of people in your target audience have seen it so therefore you need to switch it up be it the photo of the product or the offer or you know the way you're trying to sell the product through your uh, ad copy um so the biggest challenge is not uh, how quickly we can get ads but i guess uh scaling ad budgets um and I guess, you know, the degree of which you can scale is based on so many variables. Uh, you know, of course, with clothing, a key variable is uh, stock levels um, and whether the stock is in season. Um, and, uh, yeah, not only stock designs, but sizes is a big one. So you might have a hoodie that's really popular. Um, but as soon as large and medium have gone you'll notice your visitor to customer purchase conversion rate on that item all of a sudden drops because you're only left with the sizes that no one wants you know extra smaller double xl uh so the, yeah the key difficulty is um scaling but like i said that's heavily dictated on you know the, the business the industry you're in the business model the website as well as of course ad creative target audiences ad copy uh etc cool. if you were um starting out and you uh hadn't done this before what are your sort of top tips for someone maybe trying to give it a go themselves mm. first and foremost um obviously your top tip would be come and speak to supercharged media but yeah. um what would you, if they were just trying it out themselves what would you say they need to focus on 
Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think with some of our best clients, the ones we work with for the longest um, that uh, we're best remunerated for, they were probably the guys that started managing the ads themselves, um, but then realized this is too much with, you know, responding to customer emails, responding to customer DMs, actual the day-to-day running of the business and trying to have a life. So it's people that have... Uh, quite often uh, a sound understanding of how to add how to manage ads um you know because they've watched the youtube videos or maybe done a few courses but uh yeah realize there's quite a lot of skill in, involved in actually like scaling budgets for lead generation or e-commerce and getting like consistent results uh, and understanding like how to um yeah i guess with like lead generation businesses like my um our finance brokerage client for instance how to consistently generate leads through different ways of harnessing a lead i.e do you want someone to you know send traffic to a landing page on the website or do you want a landing page they open within social media or do you take them through to whatsapp um so i guess yeah i'd advise clients before speaking to an agency just try and educate yourself uh through whatever means you can um to find out kind of what is the best way to market your business what type of fees should you be paying like what does a freelance marketing person charge typically in comparison to an agency what normal working terms look like is it normal to be locked into a six-month contract no contracts 30-day running contracts do you uh yeah just educate yourself i think before before using any service provider be it marketing or accountancy or you know legal advice you want to educate yourself because uh, you know, all all of these services cost money, and if you you want to be educated to make the most informed decision. What about in like in terms of actually formulating the ad themselves? Like how you know they're just if they've only got say five hundred pounds a month budget, what, what would you be saying? To, you know, in terms of is it having a, a video or is it um, you know running two ads and seeing which one r- runs best? What's what's the sort of top tips around that? Yeah, for, um, for like what you do, for instance, like a lead generation local business. Yeah, let's say, yeah. That. Yeah, okay. So for what you do, a local lead generation business, obviously, you know, understand the kind of core principles of why you're, advertise, uh, you know, why you're advertising and who you want to target, i.e., do you serve a catchment area? So if you serve a catchment area, what is that catchment area? Let's say that catchment area is 50 miles, just run ads within 50 miles, and then understanding uh, what is your customer profile. So uh, is there a gender you typically deal with as a mortgage broker? Typically, does it the man that does this more or the female, or do you want your answer to be equally shown to male and female? Is there an age group for people that you typically want to deal with? Is that from 28 onwards, then just target male and female within that 50-mile catchment area, 28 onwards up to 55, because that's where you find people that are not you know, getting mortgages as frequently. So therefore you've got your target audience, male and female, 28 to 55 within a 50 mile catchment area. Then you need to decide uh, as, you know, Chris Hazel for your mortgage brokerage firm, uh, how best do you want to capture the lead? And if you've got 500 pounds a month, you maybe want to take 250 pounds a month on trying to, uh, you know, generate leads where you're sending people from uh, the Facebook and uh, Instagram news feed through to your business WhatsApp number. So you can start communicating with them there. And then maybe your WhatsApp might have a few pre-populated automated questions to start capturing some information. And maybe you might take that other 250 pounds a month and split test how you capture the lead by sending that traffic 
through to a landing page you built on your website, which is solely designed on capturing information. You'd have that landing page built uh, where, you know, your social proofing as soon as they land on there, i.e. why should people work with Chris Hazel? Maybe reference some awards you've got, some editorial coverage, some five-star client reviews on Google My Business, whatever would give that uh, user confidence in using your business. Um, and then you'd have that uh, page optimized to, um, you know, build trust in your business, use a mortgage advisor, and then obviously optimize to capture a lead. So a form asking the right questions. Um, of course, not too many, not too many to make it difficult to become a lead, but not in too few questions to make it uh, too easy for them to become a lead or so they're not qualified at the point they've submitted their information. You've got your first split test there within your target audience of male and female, 20 to 55 and 50 mile catchment area. And your first split test is do people want to inquire via WhatsApp or uh, a landing page on my website? Might not be either of those. You might have to do month two, a split test of do you take them straight through to calling you on a mobile phone? Um, so you can run that as ads, click to call. I've tried it before with varying success. But let's say month one, that's your first test. Do you get them to inquire via WhatsApp or a landing page? And then that's £250 per month per individual campaign within one target audience and then within that one target audience we'd want to go through like rounds of creative testing i.e what's the most important um effective piece of creative i can show to my target audience to get them to require and obviously in any business you're not going to know what that is until you start going through rounds of creative testing but like you said um a good place people would often start is is it an image or is it a video an image could be you shaking a customer's hand in a suit or a branded cork jacket like I've got on here. Um, and, you know, you're just giving some context, i.e. Uh, great to help Tom Bromley from Supercharged Media uh, buy his first uh, property and get on the property ladder thanks to Chris Hazel Mortgages. So you've got that nice, you know, social proofing, customer testimonial photo of you and I shaking hands after you helped fund my first house. And you can split test that against a video where you're stood in an office introducing people about who you are what you do uh for a living and basically saying that if people want free advice to get in contact so that could be your uh first creative split test within your two different campaigns testing how people want to get in contact and then of course within those two different ad creatives you've got picture and video you could then do two different ad copy tests as well seeing again what resonates with people and gets them to become a lead and then for you know a small uh, local service business provider like yourself, you would want to be uh, analyzing the data on a weekly basis, understanding what your cost per lead is uh, and what the difference is between those metrics in your two different campaigns, WhatsApp versus landing page in your two different sets of creative, and then understanding uh, over time, uh, ultimately, are those leads converting into customers? And if they are, and it's profitable, taking that £500 monthly budget to 1000 2000 4000 and scaling it whilst... Um, understanding what is and isn't working for your business and using that data to give you a, a more uh, profitable campaign. But I can see why you get an agency to do it. There's, yeah. there's so much involved in it, isn't there? But essentially, it's like find your audience yep. and then test, and then test, basically. Yeah, yeah. Find you your audience and then test what what works, whether that's... and. and Tries and different tried several different ways of capturing information or, or generating that lead. Um, cool, cool. Um, 
So what's 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 the future for for Supercharge Media? Um, where do where do you see where do you see the business going at the moment? Is it just yourself and your, your business partner? Is there more of a team? Yeah, no. The, the, uh, in how internally in house is Alice and I. We have a team of freelancers around the UK. People that have been doing this for you know five years, eight years. <laughs> Uh, 10 years uh, that we can call upon for large projects, uh, experienced people in like website design, tracking implementation, uh, advertising, um, kind of where we see the business in five years, it's a difficult one to gauge because, um, yeah, we're aware we've got up a really valuable skill set that could be like deployed into other businesses. Um, so aside from supercharged media, I have some uh, other businesses I work in for uh profit shares or equity shares uh, as opposed to giving them a fee structure. So I've kind of got um, other businesses I can work within outside of supercharged media. Um, but in terms of supercharged media at the moment, um, it'd be hard to predict where it is in five years. But uh, in our first three years, it's been good that we've kind of built a sustainable business uh, where our turnover has doubled yearly. Uh, and I guess we're kind of, in all transparency, uh, a kind of road junction where it's, we want to assess what we want to get out of the business, whether we want to um, keep growing it and get a, an office and staff and uh, taking on more clients or whether we want to focus on kind of the core group of clients we've got now that gives us a very good uh, standard of living that we can get results for that are kind of sustainable clients and uh, move forward in that direction. Um, I've still only young kind of 29 soon to be 30 but i think kind of now we've got the business to where it is and maybe soon when we'll start ticking off some like life milestone stuff like buying a first house uh and just some other milestone stuff that i'm i'm soon going to be able to tick off through the business maybe i'll kind of our vision on where we want the business to be in the next five years will become more clear um yeah we're fortunately in the position where we could easily afford to bringing more people internally on the payroll, but I'm also not necessarily sure that's the best way to um, to grow the business because we can kind of help manage clients with people working alongside us remotely around the country. And there's some other uh, quite big uh, marketing companies um, that do that, which essentially have remote teams. Um, I've got a good friend of mine who's got a post-production business where they... Um, essentially get given content from big companies like, you know, Bentley or, um, you know, fashion companies, or he um, did the post-production for some of the Google My Business uh, television adverts with Anthony Joshua. don't know if you ever saw them, but Anthony Joshua was asking people to just to leave local businesses, five-star reviews in lockdown, quite an interesting campaign. But my friend essentially did the post-production of the, those videos. So uh, after they're filmed, they kind of do the bit after editing, so it's like color grading and that. But um, his, uh, whenever he has, you know, him and his business partner, whenever they have big projects in, they use uh, freelancers on kind of day rates for essentially contract work to help with big projects. So it's, um, I, I'm aware there's, you know, multiple different ways to grow a business in that respect. Um, so it's trying to understand what would be the best way to do it. Fair enough. So yeah, well, it's open uh, and yeah. Yeah, just see where it takes you. Obviously, you know, onto something um, in terms of yeah, how how it's grown. So yeah, you may as well figure out which way you want to do it, which which way is best for you. Um, 
Presumably, you can at the moment. The way business is, you, you deal with anyone anywhere. It's, you're not limited to um, to around your location of sort of Stratford or Warwickshire, whatever it might be. Um, mm-hmm. Are you working? You're working with people based all over the UK or even mm. abroad. Or- yeah, I've got clients in several clients in Manchester, Newcastle, London. Um, yeah, obviously with clients in Mayfair last week, obviously clients in Stratford and Avon, um, Birmingham, and everywhere. Sure. Yeah, everywhere. Cool. Um, yeah, coming towards the end, and the question I ask traditionally is, what's your favourite local business? It's a local podcast, so um, which is probably quite difficult because you've got some clients in Stratford, but um, if you can pick one. Yeah, uh, I was chatting to Alice about this, and it's um, not an easy question to answer. We like uh, we get excited when any like local restaurant will open. So we love that new Japanese restaurant that's open in town, which I can't actually remember its name right now, which is quite embarrassing. Um, but they do amazing sushi and ramen. Um, so it, it would be hard for me to pick one, but I think yeah, we're lucky to live in Stratford. Um, do you, do you live in Stratford as well? I'm interested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I grew up in Stratford, moved moved to London, and then moved back uh, into the area in September. So, yeah, yeah. I think uh, yeah, we're fortunate to have lots of good um, restaurants and bars. So it'd be hard for me to pick one, really. Um, but any you know any independent business, uh, the vegan cafe is quite good. Like their coffee and cake uh, oh, yeah. in town, but. I wouldn't necessarily. That's my favourite one. I just, you know, any any independent business with good coffee, you know, I'm there. Cool. Nice. And um, where can people find out more about you if they want to get in touch? Where's uh, Where's best for them to go? Superchargemedia.co.uk. Um, my mobile number's on there. Just give me a call. Give me a WhatsApp uh, or email Tom at Superchargemedia.co.uk. Super happy to talk people through kind of how we work, show examples of case studies for uh, e-commerce, online store revenue growth, lead generation, um, and um, yeah, just give you a call, basically. Oh, yeah, I'll link to that in the show notes. Um, but yeah, if, um, it's been really interesting hearing about what you do um, and sort of quite an inspiring to, to get out there and try or... Um, yeah, try and reap the results of uh, of good Facebook ads. It seems like you're doing um, amazing things. So thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, no worries, mate. Cheers for having me. And uh, yeah, all the best. Speak to you soon. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, please email me at chris at chrishazelmortgages.co.uk. Speak to you next time.